Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Prayer seems like it should be so simple. Yet, when it comes to actually praying, it often feels awkward and complicated. What should you actually pray about? What do you say? Is there anything you shouldn't say? Do you have to speak out loud? Where do you even start? Who even has time to pray? The truth is, prayer is simple. It's like talking with a good friend. And here's the best part. No matter where we are in life, God can't wait to talk with us. In this week's message of the week, we continue our Back to Basics worship series. We hear from Pastor Jen Tyler, who shares from John 15. Pastor Jen recites prayers we've all prayed in the past and challenges us to pray from our hearts because when we call, God answers the phone. Here is the First Church message of the week. So as I mentioned, we have been, we are going to talk a little bit about prayer today. Prayer is one of those foundational pieces of our faith and of our journey with God. And so throughout this current sermon series, we are talking about some of the basics of our faith and how to live into them well. Because while I might call things like scripture that we've talked about the last few weeks or prayer that we're going to talk about this week and next week, foundational, basic parts of our faith, that doesn't make them easy. And it doesn't mean that most, many of us, I have been surprised to learn, I feel like maybe we don't know how to pray or we're not comfortable praying out loud in front of other people for sure. And so how do we commit to living into a more intentional prayer life? And so that's a little about what I want. That basic piece is what I want to talk about today as we jump in. But first, won't you pray with me? Faithful God, in this time, we ask that you would be present with us and that you would open our ears that we might hear you more clearly in our midst. God, we ask that you would open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So for me growing up, I, well, my family was like most, at least as I imagined most families were. And that is when it came to prayer, we generally did it two times a day. No more, no less. We always prayed two times a day. The first time of the day that we would pray together was when we would pray in the evening as we ate supper. In hindsight, it's kind of funny to me, really, how it never occurred to me to pray before my breakfast cereal uh, or before I had a sandwich at lunch. But always when we gathered at dinner and we sat around the table to eat our gourmet meal of macaroni and cheese or, you know, if we were really lucky, we had a can of tuna in there. Uh, Some of you are making faces, but that is the ultimate comfort food for me. When we make a meal like that, and we all sat around the kitchen table together, that is when we would always pray. Admittedly, from a young age, I was a bit of an instigator about it because I was excited to show off the things I had learned at Sunday school, things that probably many of you learned as well. Uh, We prayed the familiar prayer, usually the same one as we would say, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. You know this, right? Let this food to us be blessed. A simple prayer, but always something that I love to be able to share with the family. 
The other time that we prayed, of course, the second time in the day we would pray was at bedtime. Our mom would tuck us in. Sometimes the boys went first, sometimes the girls, but she would tuck us in and then we would say the same prayer together every night as well. And as I stop and think about that prayer now, I realize we could have a whole conversation about that too and how maybe if we stopped at the first sentence, it would have been fine, but we didn't. And so we would pray the whole thing that maybe spooked me out a little bit as a child. As I would pray another prayer, maybe many of you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now, In our family, we would always end this prayer by asking for God's blessings on those that we loved. So we would pray that prayer together and then we would say, God bless, you know, mom or my sisters or my brothers or my grandparents or my cousins. Um, How many people we had to bless that night sometimes depended on how much I was stalling going to sleep, right? But then there were other times when I would lay there long after my mother had walked away and I would lay in the dark and I would continue to think of people's names like friends at school or teachers or Sunday school teachers or others. And I would continue to name people until I finally drifted off to sleep. And in part because of the framing of this prayer, I wondered, would something happen to them if we didn't bless the right people? If I left someone off the list, were we not asking God to bless them enough? And I share this because I think fundamentally that displays well one of our biggest problems that we have as a people who pray. And that is that sometimes prayer is something we just do. So much so that we don't even really think about it. We don't teach our children why we do it. We just do it. And the truth is, for many of us as adults, some of these habits are still the same, right? I mean, so too is the way we think about it, which is to say often we don't. I know that I am still, to this day, much more likely to pray for my evening meal than I am for my breakfast shake that I walk around drinking on a Sunday morning, right? I also know that we often say prayers that we know, like those dinnertime prayers or my bedtime prayers, And we say them ritually and out of habit because we know that we should. But even then, we often recite these prayers without giving those words very much thought. And I know I can't be the only one who does this, whether it's those meal or bedtime prayers or the Lord's Prayer that we pray every week. While these words are deeply meaningful to many of us, I also know that many of us who find these words meaningful have been guilty of reciting those prayers without giving them much thought. Let alone why we're praying them, we sometimes don't think enough about what we are praying. Now for me, there was a significant moment in life that began to change this for me, although I didn't realize it until many years later. And it was a Sunday school lesson that I learned as a child as a right around Christmas time. It's kind of a silly story, if I'm honest. But I remember doing a thing that would probably seem silly to most. As we drew near to Christmas, instead of having a traditional lesson on Sunday morning during our Sunday school, we had a party. And not just any party, it was a birthday party for Jesus. 
And I loved this birthday party. I could still tell you some of the details about it, like how we got to sing happy birthday to Jesus at this party and how we got to eat some really delicious cake. That's how you know it's a real party. Real parties have cake, right? Especially birthday parties. Every birthday party needs a cake. Now, this is a lesson that I still carry with me decades later because it's the first time that I remember talking to Jesus as something more than is out of habit. We didn't just pray or talk to Jesus that day as we opened our lesson and as we closed it, but we prayed throughout that time as we talked to Jesus with great joy, wishing him a happy birthday, and then being encouraged as Christmas drew near to lean into that Christmas morning as well. And I remember that Christmas as my anticipation growing as we got closer to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Christmas is exciting on its own, right? I was like every other child, I can't complain. I couldn't wait to see what those gifts were gonna have under the tree or what was gonna be waiting for me in my stocking. But more than that, I truly couldn't wait to get up on Christmas morning and to tell my friend Jesus happy birthday. For the first time, I was excited about something that didn't have to do with Santa Claus, right? I literally, that morning, I remember that Christmas waking up and having that be my actual first thought because I didn't want to forget. So I woke up and the first words through my mind were, it's here, happy birthday, Jesus. I didn't want to miss the reason for celebrating on my friend's big day. And the truth is, wishing Jesus a happy birthday that morning as I lay in bed and then getting to tell my friend Jesus all the reasons I was excited and I couldn't wait to celebrate, including remembering to thank him for sharing all those birthday gifts, it truly was an incredible moment for me. It was a moment of celebration that has stuck with me because most years on Christmas morning, I still wake up and remember that with a smile on my face and say, happy birthday, Jesus, even as it makes me giggle a little bit. Because there's joy in wishing a beloved friend happy birthday, isn't there? And for me, the first time that first Christmas morning that I did this, it was the moment that my world began to shift because I began to see Jesus as someone different. Not just as a God that we pray to at supper time and again at bedtime because I was told I had to, but someone who truly was my friend. Someone who could be talked to all the time. Someone who wanted to be talked to at other times and who didn't just want recited prayers, but a conversation. Through this lesson, I learned that Jesus could be someone to love, someone who was more than this person we talk about at a safe distance, but someone who truly wanted to be my friend. And in our scripture passage that I want to read for us today, Jesus tells us exactly that. He invites us to be his friend. I want you to hear these words of Jesus from the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter. I'm going to read beginning in verse 12. Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
And do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. As adults, I think we are sometimes quick to get caught up in God being God. And by that, I mean, we forget about this invitation that God doesn't want to be far off and high up on a pedestal, but Jesus wants to be our friend too. Now, of course, even as I say that God is still God, we are not wrong to focus on that, but it shouldn't be a stumbling block that keeps us at too safe of a distance either. And for some of us, I know that seems like such a simple and obvious thing to acknowledge. And yet the depth of this truth and what it means for our lives, it's nothing short of miraculous. Because our God, our great God, the very same one who literally breathes life into you, who creates all of the heavens and the earth and all that is in him, this very same God wants to call you a friend. Jesus wants to be your friend. God doesn't just wait for you to come along and find him whenever even. In fact, here Jesus is actively seeking us. He's actively wanting to be an important part of our life, even telling us what it means to be a good friend and to love one another. And I don't know about you, but I find that pretty incredible. And I know that for some people, maybe that's common sense or maybe that's no big deal for you. Maybe you haven't struggled to fit in or you've never felt like an outsider. Maybe you've always made friends easily. But for me, as a young child, even now today as an adult, making friends hasn't always come easy. Sure, I know lots of people, but friends, close friends, that's something different. I've struggled sometimes in my life with wondering whether or not I fit in, whether I belong, whether I am worthy of people's love. And in the middle of those kinds of fears or hesitations or wonderings, can you think of many things that feel better in those moments than hearing someone near you say, I care about you. I want to be your friend. That is what Jesus wants you to hear today. Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to talk with you. He wants to have conversations with you in the same way as you would have conversations with any friend. We know that sometimes that's not easy, right? Most of us, we tend to overthink things. We worry that we're not gonna say the right thing or worse, that we might say the wrong thing. Sometimes when we try to talk to God, either silently or out loud, we guess, uh, second guess everything that we say, fumbling through words nervously as if we're starstruck. But Jesus doesn't want to be another star that's far off and only looked up to in your life. He also wants to be someone that you encounter often, right? 
When I think of being starstruck, I think of someone that you encounter so seldom that you look up to so much that on the rare occasion you get to have a conversations with them, you aren't sure what to say and you don't know if you're going to say the right thing. And so maybe the first time I met someone who was only kind of a celebrity, I don't think I said more than three words. Can you imagine me speechless? That's not what Jesus wants in his relationship with you. Jesus wants to be your friend that you can talk to openly. And so I wonder for you here today, what do you need to talk with Jesus about? Hopefully as you came in today, everybody grabbed a bulletin and in it, you'll have a little white card there. There are extras on the front pew, and if you're not feeling brave enough to come forward, there you can use a Connect card or something in your pew too if you need your own. But I want you to pull these out. And in this moment of worship, I want you to take time to write something to God on this card. Something that's just between you and your friend, Jesus. I want you to have a conversation starter so that your prayer today might be something as simple as a reflection of things that you're grateful for, like just saying thank you to Jesus for being Jesus, for being present, for listening. Maybe you need to say something of a different kind of tone, though. Maybe you need to write something down that you need to let go of or to say you're sorry for or ask forgiveness for. Maybe for you, it's less about letting go and more about asking for help. Maybe you need some extra strength or healing or peace. Maybe you or someone you love is in need of healing from pain or addiction or loneliness. Maybe you have something different in mind altogether. Maybe you have questions on your heart about what this is all really about. And so you need to write something to God, like asking, God, are you even there? Do you have a plan for my life? Sometimes when we know God is there, we still need extra help though, don't we? Maybe you need to write something more specific. Something like asking God directly to help you to make good decisions or to help heal your broken marriage. Maybe you want to ask God that he will be with you as you try to get pregnant or with your beloved friend who is sick and in need of healing. Whatever it is that you hold within you today, might you find the space to talk to God in the simplicity of this card. Might you know that whatever it is that you need today, God, your friend who wants to be closer to you, is listening. And there is not one thing, nothing, that you can think of or imagine, nothing in all of heaven or earth that you cannot say to this dear, beloved friend who is reaching out to you, who is listening and waiting for you to reach back. So might we use this as an opportunity to reach out anew to God this day? I'm going to invite you to write on this card. Please know I'm not going to collect it. This is between you and Jesus. And I hope that you'll take it home and use it as a starter in your conversation yet to come. So I'm going to invite you to continue reflecting on what you might need to say to Jesus in this time and in the moment of singing together as we offer our reflection song. But first, as we do that, 
can I offer a prayer for you? Let's pray together. Faithful God, faithful friend, thank you for being with us in ways we can't always articulate. Thank you for being so readily available. Thank you for this invitation that is without end. And thank you for the courage to take this next step. We ask God that you will hear these prayers of our hearts, of our words, of our writing, and that you will help us to find the words we need to begin anew this day as we reach out to you, our friend, our confidant, our guide, and our connection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.